honor of National Clam Chowder Day, I am reading Moby Dick's Chapter 15, Chowder. And it begins. It was quite late in the evening when the little moss came snugly to anchor, and Queequeg and I went ashore so we could attend to no business that day, at least none but a supper and a bed. The landlord of the Spouter Inn had recommended us to his cousin Hosea Hussey of the Tripods, whom he asserted to be the proprietor of one of the best-kept hotels in all Nantucket. And moreover, he had assured us that cousin Hosea, as he called him, was famous for his chowders. In short, he plainly hinted that we could not possibly do better than Tripot Luck at the Tripods. But the directions he had given us about keeping a yellow warehouse on our starboard hand till we opened a white church to the larboard and then keeping that on the larboard hand till we made a corner three points to the starboard and that done, then asked the first man we met where the place was. These crooked directions of his very much puzzled us at first, especially as at the outset, Queequeg insisted that the yellow warehouse our first point of departure, must be left on the larboard hand, whereas I had understood Peter Coffin to say it was on the starboard. However, by dint of beating about a little in the dark and now and then knocking up a peaceful inhabitant to inquire the way, we at last came to something which there was no mistaking. Two enormous wooden pots painted black and suspended by asses' ears swung from the cross trees of an old topmast planted in front of an old doorway. The horns of the cross trees were sawed off on the other side so that the old topmast looked not a little like a gallows. Perhaps I was oversensitive to some impression at that time, but I could not help staring at this gallows with a vague misgiving. A sort of crick was in my neck as I gazed up to the two remaining horns. Yes, two of them. One for Queequeg and one for me. It's ominous, thinks I. A coffin my innkeeper upon landing in my first whaling port tombstones staring at me in the whaleman's chapel, and a gallows, and a pair of prodigious black pots, too. Are these last throwing out the oblique hints touching Topet? I was called from these reflections by the sight of a freckled woman with yellow hair and a yellow gown, standing in the porch of the inn, under a dull red lamp swinging there that looked much like an injured eye, and carrying on a brisk scolding with a man in a purple woolen shirt. Get along with ye, she said to the man, or I'll be coming ye. Come on, Queequeg, said I. All right there, Mrs. Hussey. And so it turned out, Mr. Hosea Hussey, being from home, but leaving Mrs. Hussey entirely competent to attend to all his affairs. Upon making known our desire for supper and a bed, Mrs. Hussey, postponing further scolding for the present, ushered us into a little room and seating us at a table spread with the relics of a recent concluded repast, turned round to us and said, Clam or cod? What's that about cods, ma'am? said I, with much politeness. Clam or cod, she repeated. A clam for supper? A cold clam? Is that what you mean, Mrs. Hussey? 
says I. But that's a rather cold and clammy reception in the wintertime, ain't it, Mrs. Hussey? Hi, you know what? I might take a minute here to see if we have a word from our sponsor. But being in a great hurry to resume scolding the man in the purple shirt, who was waiting for it in the entry and seeming to hear nothing but the word clam, Mrs. Hussey hurried toward the open door leading to the kitchen and bawled out, Clam for two! and disappeared. Queequeg, said I, do you think that we can make a supper for both of us on one clam? However, a warm, savory steam from the kitchen served to belie the apparently cheerless prospect before us. But when the smoking chowder came in, the mystery was delightfully explained. Ah, sweet friends, hearken to me. It was made of small, juicy clams, scarcely bigger than hazelnuts, mixed with pounded ship biscuits and salted pork cut up into little flakes. The whole enriched with butter and plentifully seasoned with, pep with pepper and salt, our appetites being sharpened by the frosty voyage and, in particular, Queequeg seeing his favorite fishing food before him and the chowder being surpassingly excellent, we dispatched it with great expedition. When leaning back a moment and thinking me of Mrs. Hussey's clam and cod announcement, I thought I would try a little experiment. Stepping to the kitchen door, I uttered the word cod with great emphasis and resumed my seat. In a few moments, the savory steam came forth again, but with a different flavor. And in good time, a fine cod chowder was placed before us. We resumed business, and while plying our spoons in the bowls, thinks I to myself, I wonder now if here has any effect on the head. What's that stultifying saying about chowder-headed people? But look, Queequeg, Ain't that a live eel in your bowl? Where's your harpoon? Fishiest of all fishy places was the tripods, which well deserved its name. For the pots there were always boiling chowders, chowder for breakfast and chowder for dinner and chowder for supper, till you began to look for fish bones coming through your clothes. The area before the house was paved with clamshells. Mrs. Hussey wore a polished necklace of codfish vertebrae, and Hosea Hussey had his account books bound in superior old shark skin. There was a fishy flavor to the milk, too which I could not at all account for till one morning, happening to take a stroll along the beach among some fishermen's boats, I saw Hosea's bridled cow feeding on fish remnants and marching along the sand with each foot in a cod's decapitated head, looking very slipshot, I assure ye. Supper concluded, we received a lamp and directions from Mrs. Hussey concerning the nearest way to bed. But as Queequeg was about to precede me up the stairs, the lady reached forth her arm and demanded his harpoon. She allowed no harpoons in her chambers. Why not, said I. Every true whaleman sleeps with his harpoon. But why not? Because it's dangerous, says she. Ever since young Stig's coming from that 
unforthwith voyage of his when he was gone four years and a half with only three barrels of oil was found dead in my first floor back with his harpoon in his side. Ever since then, I allow no boarders to take such dangerous weapons in their rooms at night. So, Mr. Queequeg, for she had learned his name, I will just take this here iron and keep it for you till morning. But the chowder? Clamor cod tomorrow for breakfast, men? Both, says I, and let's have a couple of smoked herring by way of variety. That's about one of my favorite things to do. I hope other friends of mine enjoyed that. Um, and also what I'll do is I'll get this out on a podcast soon, is have the link to my clam chowder, the Ocean State of Mind clam chowder recipe. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed it. Hi, my friends. So that was a quick, what I'm calling these ditties, little quick ditties. I hope you'll please subscribe. And if you take a moment to leave a review, that's a huge help for me too. I have a beautiful interview coming up with uh, Chef Joshua Northcutt of Deary Dari, a company that produces cooking experiences. So that's in the works, and we'll speak to you soon.